Two weeks are in the books, and as we head into week three, we have some surprises, some upcoming changes to different teams, and that obviously means we're going to have a lot of fantasy implications. Who should you buy? Who should you sell? This is not a fantasy football podcast. It's officially the fall, baby. I hope everyone's having a good week. Sorry, I missed last week. I know uh, we're early in the season and I'm already missing weeks with the podcast and some recaps. It's it's fine. It's fine. We're going to figure it out and everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay. I'm going to start off with some bear stuff because duh, bears fan, but also Justin Fields is now officially the starter for the bears as Andy Dalton is hurt. Uh, is, does this mean that he's going to be the starter permanently? And are we going to see less or basically the complete, uh, desertion of the dual quarterback and like wildcat stuff that they had going on for uh, the first two weeks of the season. Uh, I think so. I think so. We don't know exactly what we're going to get from fields. I think that potentially has some, if you, if you have like a David uh, Montgomery on your team, uh, does fields ability to run uh, take away some of his touches and potentially impact uh, his like, average yards per carry or the amount of carries he's going to get or the amount of total yards. I think so. I don't know how much of a fantasy impact that has per se. If, um, if Montgomery still gets like the end zone touches, for example, I can't imagine the bears are very, uh, excited to potentially get their, what they hope to be the franchise, the future out you know, running into a bunch of defenders and potentially getting hurt. It's not a good matchup. It's not a good matchup for them this week against the Browns. I think the that that defensive line is potentially most most likely going to have a field day with that Bears offensive line that is also dealing with a bunch of injuries. I don't know um, how much of an offense they will have, but but. Fields is obviously much more mobile, which means it's probably going to be a good thing for the likes of an Allen Robinson, uh, a Cole Matt, uh, and a David Montgomery, potentially. I think that one gets a little bit risky. I wouldn't start Fields. I would not start Fields if you have him on your team. It's too soon. Just wait it out to see how he performs. It's not a good matchup. I would hold on starting Fields right away. So, Something to keep in mind there, uh, but who knows? Who knows? He could have a uh, Deshaun Watson rookie type season suddenly as well. Like the, there's that potential. It just against Cleveland is it doesn't make me feel good. So coming from Bears fan, hold off on Fields for a bit. The hype is so real, and we've seen him play a series. So everyone just pumped the brakes a little bit on that rookie quarterback. Speaking of quarterbacks and quarterbacks performing. Uh, better than expected. We haven't talked about that, but Sam Darnold over at Carolina. I've, I'll be the first to say we're two weeks in. We're heading into week three, and that's the Thursday night football matchup: the Carolina Panthers against the Houston Texans. Sam Darnold has actually played very well, and he's like a legitimate option. And it's a very normal middle of the road um, 
like standard. He's middle of the pack QB as far as fan fantasy production goes, but that's still solid. And what that means for Carolina is that there's actually a throwing and an air offense and an air option available so far, uh, which is obviously resulting in very good things for one Christian McCaffrey. So two weeks in, I'm already eating my words as far as uh, predicting that McCaffrey's production was suddenly going to go down. That's not happening. McCaffrey is is playing like Christian McCaffrey. So that's a no-brainer there. I mean, who who's their backup over there? Chubba Hubbard? Yeah, he's not. He's gets a couple of touches maybe just to give McCaffrey a break. But other than that, he's the go-to guy over over there. DJ Moore's playing relatively well. Robbie Anderson, we saw, I mean, again, it's it's not like the Carolina offense is is lining it up, but he there's there's some options there. I I still need to see some more from Robbie Anderson and from Sam Darnold to like really get them involved in in, in case you're considering like trades or anything like that. But if they have a good showing against the Texans this week and Sam Darnold continues to play serviceably, then the likes of a DJ Moore and a, and a Robbie Anderson are potentially good options to start looking at if you are weak at wide receiver two or even wide receiver three. Like if you can uh, find a, a decent trade to to slide them into your flex spot, maybe you have a tight end, a couple of tight ends or a couple of uh, running backs that you can offload then you're pretty much good to go on that front as far as uh, getting some serviceable production from either of them in pretty much all formats. Now, on the Houston Texans side, I basically would stay away from pretty much all of those players on the Houston side. Tyrod Taylor went down, so he's not playing this game. It's going to be Davis Mills. I don't even know who Davis Mills is. Um so obviously don't start him. Uh, I imagine they're going to rely a lot on Mark Ingram, probably throw in some David Johnson in there. I don't, it's going to, it's not going to be pretty. It's going to be an ugly Thursday night football game. I think if there's any hopes for entertainment, it's going to be from the Carolina side, but it, I would not touch anyone on the Houston Texans right now. So sorry, Brandon Cook's owners. Uh, it's probably not going to be pretty. I mean, it could very possibly. Maybe there's not a ton of tape on Davis Mills. Uh, there's always, I mean, there's always in any game, in any matchup, at any given point in time, there's always that potential. But if you're you're putting money on this and you're playing fantasy football, you're likely putting money on this. Don't don't start anyone from Houston. Go go with whoever you have on your bench. They're gonna be better options um, than what we have available here. And I know what people are gonna say. the The target rate for for uh, Brandon Cooks is through the roof. I think I believe he has more targets than uh, Cooper Cup and like uh, Debo Samuel, DJ Moore. So so there's you know there. There's the potential there for Brandon Cooks, but that was with Tyrod Taylor, and he was he had a really strong week one, then got hurt week two. Now with Davis Mills, again, stay away. I understand that Brandon Cooks is going to get targets as basically one of their only options, um, but I, I, I wouldn't trust that offense, especially if you're counting that. If, he, if he's coming into your flex or something like that, then sure, that makes sense, but otherwise, uh, low wide receiver three for me. Now, I do want to talk about and jump over to this Arizona Cardinals and Jacksonville Jaguars matchup because Kyler Murray has been lighting it up. He, he is by far right now, 
quarterback number one. His fantasy production has been insane. The Arizona Cardinals offense has basically been everything that we've been hoping for uh, heading into this season. Uh, Chase Edmonds is playing well. DeAndre Hopkins is playing well. But really the driving force here is that Kyler Murray. They they do have like that dual running back option as well with uh, James Conner. But they're, they're both pl- performing well. It's not like um, either of those are get, giving you duds. You're not you're not getting a RB1 from this backfield, but the offense is so uh, high octane so far that you there's still relatively safe plays for your RB2 positions. And then obviously your your wide receivers over there are just having a field day uh, with with Kyler Murray because he's playing so, so well. So far, two weeks in, it's looking like he's having um a Josh Allen uh, last year, Patrick Mahomes from a couple of years ago type season. And if he continues this type of production, this is kind of the start that I was hoping for, or at least many people were hoping for from him last season. So year three now, seems like he's got some options there um, after the uh, the trade last season. It, it, it's making much more sense um, on that offensive side of things. So you're pretty much safe anywhere with those. As far as Jacksonville goes, though, Trevor Lawrence had a good week one and then or a serviceable week one as far as fantasy production goes. Like they put up a ton of points. Um, but then last week was no bueno, no bueno on that side. Uh, James Robinson is OK, I guess. Uh, but Marvin Jones Jr. and uh, LaVisca Chenault is solid. DJ Chark, people were high on DJ Chark um, into the preseason as like their third option or their uh, their slot receiver. I, I just don't see, I don't know, I, I don't like DJ Chark. He's burned me personally a few times in the past. Um, so I think Marvin Jones Jr. is the option there. And then Lavishka Chenault really is where you should be going on, on that side of things. I don't know how they perform. Um, especially with Trevor Lawrence after a rough week two, does he bounce back? Uh, does, does more of that continue? It's going, he's going to have to put up points against Arizona. So there's always that potential. If he continues to throw, who cares if he throws another three picks? Um, especially if you have, uh, the receiving core on that side of the ball. Um, but I do think that this is potentially another high scoring game. So, uh, good, good matchup to keep an eye out for here. And then speaking of a Josh Allen, uh, they get the Washington football team uh, this weekend, and that defense is uh, is not bad. It's not bad, but as as a quarterback that that was draft like top three uh, across most leagues, it seems like um, it, 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 he has not performed. He has not performed. Uh, uh, to that draft position. I think people are panicking a little bit too much right now. It's not a great matchup um, for if you're, if you're expecting like a bounce back suddenly uh, back to a 25 plus point uh, performance from him. He could, he very much could, but it's not like, it's not the most favorable matchup in the world for him to return. But, but uh, Daniel Jones did run over all, run all over that defense. Uh, what was it last last Thursday Thursday night? Um, so there's a potential. Josh Allen is very mobile, so there's a potential you can uh kind of turn it around there using his legs a little bit. Um, 
I, I think he's fine. I think he's going to be fine. I think he's going to bounce back and start performing a la Kyler Murray the, uh, this season so far or, or uh, Patrick Mahomes. I think the, the fantasy production is going to return. Something like his uh, his completion rate and accuracy uh, for plays uh, beyond 10 to 20 yards or something like that um, is is drastically lower than last season. I think this is an anomaly. We're two weeks in. I think people are panicking. He's going to bounce back. And I say this because, yeah, he's on my team, and I definitely hope and want that to be true. But I do think that is the case. Uh, the, the the offense and the receiving core there is too talented for, for it to not turn around. But um, I, I think that's something to keep an eye out for there. If you're, like, hoping and you're, like, banking on a 30-point game from Josh Allen, um, I will try to find those points elsewhere just kind of as a little bit of a handcuff. As far as the Washington football team, uh, Ryan Fitzmagic is is out. It, I mean, we're two weeks in, and he's already done. So I think I think we've seen pretty much most, most of the last of Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, I think Fitzmagic is done. So you get Tyler Heineke over there. I mean, Taylor Heineke. Um, again, I wouldn't really expect anything from that side of it. But Antonio Gibson has been has been playing um, pretty well, even though McKissick has been, you know, kind of vamping some of the uh, red zone touches there uh, last week. I, I still think Antonio Gibson is 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 a solid option. Um, but it is it is volatile. So if 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 you're in a league that has running back in the flex, um, that's probably where I'd put him. But otherwise, uh, I, I mean, keep him keep him on your roster. I don't think I don't think he's worth moving on from yet. Even though a lot of teams in the league, like that's just the thing that a lot of leagues do now. Like or a lot of teams do in the league now, they just have that running back by committee option, and it seems to be working for their offenses. So it's not great for fantasy production. Uh, but in this case, I think there, there's at least the offensive line there isn't terrible. So there's an option. Otherwise, it's the Scary Terry show over in the, on the Washington football team. He's like, he is their wide receiver. That's who they're going to throw the ball to. Um, and even, even, if, even if Taylor Haneke isn't like the best option at quarterback, but it's going to be fine. It's very, it reminds me very much of that meme, the uh, the Patrick Mahomes to Tyreek Hill, like F it, Tyreek out there somewhere, down there somewhere. Uh, that's kind of a similar situation with Terry McLaurin. So like, he's going to, he's going to get his uh, solid wide receiver number one. Um, the Obviously the Buffalo Bills defense is much better um, than, than previous matchups, but he's still, he's still going to get his. So you got him over there, but otherwise really it's kind of going to be the, uh, uh, the Josh Allen watch, see if he bounces back against against a, a solid defense. Over to a big AFC matchup with the Colts and the Titans. Um, Ryan Tannehill has been playing okay. That I can't get a I can't get a real read on the Tennessee Titans, and I got to bring our friend uh, Stefan. Stefan, well, I got to get you on the podcast. I know you you said you were available, but um, we'll, we'll make that happen soon as as soon as I can get scheduling done properly. But the, I can't get a proper read on this Titans offense. Uh, Derrick Henry, uh, not a good week one, but then very very much bounced back week two. So he was back to Derrick Henry form. Um, Ryan Tannehill has been okay. He's been serviceable enough. Like it's one of those uh, situations where he's, he's playing well for, for like real football, but for fantasy is, it's just been fine. He's what is he landing? Like QB 20 something um, as far as production goes. So uh, 
but that, that that's not really a bad thing if you have like a like a Julio Jones and AJ Brown. That Julio Jones connection is is working out so far. It's it's looking pretty pretty good. Um, that obviously means that AJ Brown isn't going to have the uh, the wide receiver one type season that he did last year because he, obviously Julio Jones is still very talented, so he's going to get a lot of those looks. But those are still two solid options. They still have a a well rounded enough offense. With Henry, with Julio Jones, with AJ Brown, um, that that Ryan Tannehill is serviceable enough that that you can continue to start any of them uh, pretty comfortably. If you have someone else on on your team uh, at quarterback, I probably start with someone else. Uh, but but that's that's where they the things are there as far as the Colts go. Um, Carson Wentz, man, can is always hurt. He is always always. hurt. Hurts. They haven't been playing bad, but uh, it's not been pretty. And I, I don't think Carson Wentz is fully healthy. It doesn't seem like he's going to be fully healthy for this game. So that obviously impacts Pittman and, and Jonathan Taylor. Um, it, uh, another situation with with the uh, split backfield a little bit with Jonathan Taylor and Ian Mimes. Uh, but Jonathan Taylor is a little bit better of a receiving back than, than Ian Himes, in my opinion. So... Um, that's that's a little bit dependent on like Carson Wentz being healthy or not. Um, so that that's that's something to keep an eye out for. Again, another situation where like either the Jonathan Taylor really is going to be more of a clear RB two than Ian Himes, but Ian Himes is still a solid flex play. Uh, Pittman uh, can still get some looks, but none of these are like staple offensive options for a fantasy team so something to keep in my eye out there like this, this, these are going to be flex players rb2s are uh, wide receiver twos and then as far as like players that you should be concerned about and teams you should be concerned about concerned about sorry is uh the new orleans saints and the new england patriots uh alvin Kamara has not produced like a top top five or, or first round running back so far it's been it's been kind of ugly and like Jameis winston had that you know, fiery week one, but then like went right back to the Jameis Winston we know uh, last week. It's not been pretty there. What what did what did Kamara have? Like just a few points. He almost put up a dud. He almost put up a dud. So this one, this one, I would be a little bit more concerned about um, than some of the other players. I think this Kamara is one of those players that I think I start getting concerned about just because the inconsistency of Jameis Winston is that offensive line going to hold up. Um, is he starting to fall off? Does that mean that uh, that that Tony Jones Jr. is going to start getting more looks and, and more opportunities here in, into the coming weeks? Again, we're heading into week three. It's not quite time to panic, but I am a little bit concerned if I'm an Alvin Kamara owner and start looking at options. Maybe, maybe if he has like a good week here, I potentially start looking at the the opportunity to like sell high on Kamara. Um, Unless he has like such a breakout game, uh, similar to like Derrick Henry last last week, that like okay, no, it's gonna be fine and and nothing to to really worry about. But just the inconsistency of Jameis Winston, coupled with Kamara's performances so far, um, it, it is something that I'm not super super confident about. So uh, same thing goes with the rest of that receiving core. I kind of there's really no options there like no no real uh, opportunities there you might get like a random like really good game from like a Marquez Callaway or a Deontay Harris but that that offense is looking a little shaky and it's all basically all dependent on Jameis Winston and I don't love the 
the idea that you're waiting to see if Jameis Winston's going to perform well. And, and then on the New England side of it, uh, Mac Jones has been fine, but he's not like he's not anything to write home about for fantasy purposes. Um, another backfield that slightly you know, splits the load a little bit. James White's getting up there in age, though, so I can't imagine that's sustainable. So Damien Harris is pretty safe um, play there for for your running back number one, uh, probably more on the low end, closer to RB2. Uh, Nelson Allegor, Jacoby Myers, Kendrick Morn. Uh, similar thing. It's not, this isn't a... Um, a another receiving core to write home about, but it's a better receiving core than the New Orleans Saints. So uh, Nelson Allegor is going to be fine for for your flex and our uh, wide receiver two positions. Continuing on the team, on, on, I'm sorry, continuing on the trend of players and teams you should be concerned about, the Atlanta Falcons versus the New York Giants. Matt Ryan has been, he was fine against the Bucs, I'm going to admit. He was okay. Like, he threw for 300 yards, but then he had all, all those picks. So, um it, it, so again, we're strictly talking about fantasy performance. No one come into my mention screaming at me that like Ryan, Ryan's been playing terrible. Yeah, yeah, obviously in, in real life, but for fantasy pr- production purposes, he's been fine. Um, but other otherwise, like Cordero Patterson has actually been uh, been solid because like you you can you can throw him at, at the wide receiver position. He's still kind of uh, running back options. Like he he's he's been solid there. I think um, we've seen his stock go up. Uh, the waiver wire pickups have been very positive on Cordero Patterson. So by by now, if you haven't picked him up, or if he hasn't been picked up, I'm pretty sure he's been picked up. But he's he's something like in six seventy percent rostered in leagues. So any leagues that aren't picking him up aren't really paying that much attention. So there's if you're in those types of leagues that maybe it's just a random ESPN or, or Yahoo league that you joined that you don't know anyone in, uh, there's a potential that he's available there. But otherwise, he's been he's been picked up. He had a solid game, and I think that's a solid option there. Otherwise, uh, Calvin Ridley is still going to be Calvin Ridley, and those are basically all his options there. I do think that Kyle Pitts uh, potentially gets more red zone touches. Um, the, the problem is that it's all dependent on Matt Ryan, an aging Matt Ryan. isn't as mobile as he used to be, but at least Kyle Pitts is still and and Calvin Ridley are still pretty large targets and Cordell Patterson for that purpose. I think there are still there's still production to be had on this Atlanta Falcons offense. Um, it's just not it's not going to blow anyone away. Uh, or or it, you aren't going to have like your league winner coming from this team. There's potential. There's potential, but I don't think that's going to happen. It's just going to be a consistent. You're going to get some points. You're going to get production from 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 the players on this offense, and you should be fine with that. On the Giants side of the ball, though, uh, Saquon Barkley, man, I think I think his his draft stock definitely fell uh, this year, and and we're seeing we're seeing why we're see- that offensive line is horrendous, terrible, awful, everything, all the bad things that we thought it was going to be entering the season has been that. And his production has kind of reflected that. It's It's been not good, irrelevant, you would say, um, on that side of it, which is a bummer, dude, because Saquon Barkley is a very talented back, a very talented athlete, uh, but we're just not seeing the production here uh, from him. Um, so unless he starts bouncing back here pretty soon, uh, it is, I would say it's basically time to press the panic button on Saquon Barkley. It was a risk. Everyone knew it was going to be a risk if you drafted him in the first round or even high second. And and there are there are definitely positions where he, he fell quite a bit. 
he's not even producing to that level. So that that's that's going to be a little tricky there. I, I try to figure out how to sell on that one. If you're desperate, if you're like super desperate at running back, I think that one is a fine trade uh, to make or, or try, try to like get on your team. But you're going to have to give up something there. Um, and, and I don't know if you're going to get the returns that, that you need for it if you're the one trading away, Saquon Barkley. Um, Sterling Shepard's been solid. Kenny Galladay. Okay, um, again, Daniel Jones has just been fine, so who knows how, how that continues. But without Saquon Barkley being Saquon Barkley, it's going to be a rough time for this offense. Offensive line, not great. Uh, yeah, Pr- proceed with caution with any of these players. Now, on the other side of it, uh, the other side of things, players that are teams that are doing well or their their um, their value is going up. The Ravens and the Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions have some grit to them, man. I know, I know that they kind of like fell apart in that second half uh, on Monday night against the Packers, but they they stayed in that game for the first half. And and when you compare uh, Week One's performance, you have what six straight quarters. That the that the Detroit Lions have kind of like stuck around in yeah the second half in those last two quarters they weren't they couldn't really figure it out anymore they couldn't find the end zone but there's grit to this team and I think there's a uh, potential here for for Goff and and DeAndre Swift uh, Quintus Cephas to continue to potentially do some things I think it's more uh, I, I care more about the the backfield for for this team DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams getting kind of uh, a shared workload a little bit but DeAndre Swift has shown uh, at least after week one that that he's gonna be a, a real force in this league so that potentially continues as they figure out what they're gonna do there with Jared Goff Jared Goff has been serviceable enough not great but service serviceable enough to keep that that team kind of going and then TJ Hawkinson uh, a tight end that is doing hey shout out shout out to one ryan gannon for uh calling him the next travis kelsey not or the next george kittle maybe he's a little bit closer to travis kelsey but he's he's what getting 20 22 percent of the team target share for for detroit so uh yeah hold on to tj hawkinson um unless you get like a really really nice trade opportunity there and you need some something to fill like your your other positions but the tight end position is so thin that i i just hold on to tj hawkinson you gotta get like you're selling very high on tj hawkinson if you're gonna give him away and you need help on other positions but he he is solid the man is solid um and and he's gonna get red zone touches as far as the ravens go lamar jackson bouncing back He's looking, Lamar Jackson's looking like the Lamar Jackson of a couple of years ago. He's playing well. He's running the ball. He's showing the mobility. Uh, Hollywood, Marquise Brown has found the end zone every game so far this season. Um, Sammy Watkins has been serviceable enough. Um, I still kind of stay wary on, on Sammy Watkins, but... Uh, Otherwise, Mark Andrews and and the receiving core there is is looking pretty solid. So these are these are players and teams that I'm still pretty high on. A um, couple of weeks into the season, so you're 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 doing pretty solid. Now I know there was some concerns on that backfield to see if it was going to be Tyson Williams or uh, Latavius Murray kind of taking some workload there. Um, Tyson Williams was like. I had an average draft position of something like 200 or something crazy like that. Um, 
or, or just back end of, of drafts. And he's he's looking pretty good. He's he's uh he's putting up similar numbers to Nick Chubb. And Chubb Chubb has found the end zone more times, but Tyson Williams, if if man, what a great value pick so far a couple of weeks in. Um, I, I think that continues. I think that I think as the season goes on, he takes on a bigger workload over Latavius Murray. Um, especially considering that 17 week, uh 17 game season. I, I think Tyson Williams is is draft stock. Is, I mean, uh, fantasy stock is on the up. I think he's going to end the season a solid RB two, potentially going into RB one. So hold on to that one, or that's another solid trade bait. Like if you if you have your solid RB one there, and then you happen to have drafted Tyson Williams in the later rounds, um, this is this is solid solid trade bait here. Um, and it's not even so much bait. I think he's going to perform serviceable enough here that you can move him around. And, and if you're going to be receiving or trading for him, this is a legitimate option moving forward. Obviously, we don't know for sure, but I am staking staking some bets, wage, hedging some bets here that Tyson Williams is going to continue to have a good season and it's going to be very serviceable for, for fantasy production. To kind of round it out, I know I talked about the Bears and Justin Field at the top of the podcast. Don't worry, let's talk about the Browns a little bit here. Uh, the Bears, the Bears defense has been kind of a little inconsistent. Uh, it seems like they're bending a bit, and then they kind of hold it down for a bit, and then they give up points again. So I don't know what to expect from this team, um, but I do think I do think that the Cleveland Browns are going to have a day against this Bears defense. I think Nick Chubb's going to go off. I think Baker Mayfield's going to be good. The the defense ha- had quite a few turnovers or, or, or kind of managed uh, some turnovers last week against the, the Bengals, but the, the Browns are not the Bengals. This is a much better team. Um, and, and I think, I mean, I think the, the Browns potentially have uh, a blowout game here or, or, Somehow this becomes a shootout. I think there's there's only two two options here. It's not going to be a low scoring game. It's either going to be a complete domination from the Browns, which is what I would put my money on, or because of the lack of tape on Justin Fields, it becomes a shootout. I don't think that's what's going to happen. I think Miles Garrett is going to have a field day. The offensive line for the Bears is is not not bueno, but but there is that slight potential there. So. Um, Start everyone on the Browns is what I would say, uh, because it's going to be a high for sure. You're going to get a high scoring game uh, out of that team. And as far as the FFAC league, we got to talk. We still talk about the FFAC league here on this podcast, on this weekly podcast that is biweekly so far. It's going to be weekly. Don't worry. I'm going to be back normally and we'll have more guests. And that way I'm not just rambling. There's a little less dead air. I did some research this time. You guys, you guys and gals. Guy, he he days she days they thems everyone all the people everyone loves football a lot of people love football um but let's let's look at some of the ffac matchups this is the the, the league that i'm in baby uh two and no baby for your boy the commish so far number one team in the league baby most scored points and I hope to continue that into week two. Oh, man, Stefan's going to love this, and I'm bragging so much. He hates it when I brag. Um, but I'm doing well, baby, and so are you. So are you. Um, we'll get to our matchup because we're playing against each other, and we're the two highest-scoring teams in the league so far. Um, we got MJ against Jason. I think Jason here uh, pulls it off. Uh, back-to-back wins here uh, against against MJ. The matchups there are okay, but... 
you know, Russell Wilson against Lamar Jackson uh, and the matchup side of it, though. But against Minnesota, the Detroit team is 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 playing solid. Allen Robinson, I think, potentially has a rough game against uh, against the Browns. Um, but again, it's like that option, the boomer bust for for them. Uh, the Rams defense with against Tampa Bay, I think, is going to be solid. I mean, that 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 one's going to be a good matchup there. But we'll see what happens there. Carl. Edwards Alaire, uh Zeke uh, kind of bouncing back a little bit. I think Jason gets this matchup here with Elliot, Johnson, Hopkins, CD Lamb, Prater, all of them. So that's that's gonna go to there. Zach against Ben. This one I think is gonna be a little bit of a closer matchup right now. Ben is the favorite with like plus five, six points, something like that. Um, but Ben's got Kyler Murray, and Kyler Murray's going to put up a bunch of points. Stephon Diggs is going to put up points. Calvin Ridley is is solid uh, still. Um, I just don't see... Zach has been not putting up as many points. I think the Yahoo projections for his team are a little overzealous so far. Um, But he's got McCaffrey and Prescott. Um, And Miles Gaskin has been solid for Miami, so... We'll see. I, I still I still go with Ben uh, uh, on this matchup. As far as Adam versus uh, Cody, Adam's 0-2, and I think he's going to go 0-3. I think he's going to go 0-3. I think this is another team that Yahoo keeps overvaluing some of these players. Uh, because, of, and then, like, you, this is the unfortunate one with, with Saquon Barkley. Aaron Jones is going to get get him his points, right? Aaron Jones is Aaron Jones. That's why they said free Aaron Jones. But like Robbie Anderson, Saquon Barkley, uh, Mari Cooper, Tom Brady, George Kittle, Corey Davis, like these are players that can put up points. But uh, as far as fantasy production goes, I think they're overvaluing them here a little bit, especially with like George Kittle in, in San Francisco against Green Bay. Well, the Green Bay offense defense is, is pretty bad, so he'll get some points there. But um, yeah, I, I just don't see it happening. I think with uh, Cody having Mahomes, Al- Allegor, Juju, uh, Taylor, Joe Mixon has like suddenly turned it around to he's he's currently RB ten, um, and then he has TJ Hawkinson, Brandon. Like I think there's a better potential here for for teams for players to go go off, and I think Yahoo's still undervaluing um, newer players or players that are having breakout seasons or better seasons and overvaluing players that are, have been a little bit more proven in the past. I think we're seeing that kind of turn of the, uh, of NFL era with newer players coming in and becoming the, the dominant one. So that one's going to go to Cody, even though he's the underdog on the Yahoo matchup, uh, Ryan against Shelby, Ryan, the champion sitting at all and two, uh, tough matchup against Shelby. Who's also two and oh, uh, I think Shelby gets his man. Ryan's going to start 0 and 3. Can you believe that? 0 and 3. That's rough. He's got to start making some trades here uh, coming up here. But Shelby's got a solid team. Justin Herbert's been playing serviceable for fantasy. Uh, Keenan Allen's been playing solid as well. Chris Carson, uh, Dalvin Cook, no fans. Yeah, this is a this is a better team than like a Mike Evans, a Chase Claypool, uh, Gibson, David Montgomery. I, I just talked about. David Montgomery at the start of the, the, the pod. Uh, but Travis Kelsey is like a good saving grace there. This is this is this is one of the bigger um lopsided 
favorites uh, of the league. Uh, Shelby's like an 11-point favorite here. And I think Shelby pulls it off, starts 3-0. Ryan's going to go 0-3, man. That's that's tough. And then a tight matchup here with Jay and Spencer. Both of these teams who we entering the season, I think a lot of us thought like, oh, they have solid teams. And now they're both 0-2. Uh, scary, scary for, for both of them. Uh, Spencer has been uh, suffering from Camara and then Rogers week one and then Camara kind of all the way so far. Pittman Jr. has been okay as well. Uh, yeah, this is a tough one. Unless this, these players figure it out, I think, I think it's almost time to press the panic button, Spencer. Start, start figuring out some trades here because this team needs, needs a little bit of help. And Jay, same with you, dude. He's starting, Jay is starting as of this recording. Jay has Justin Fields in his starting lineup over Ryan Tannehill. I think this is a mistake. I shouldn't be giving fantasy advice, but I I this is a fan this is not a fantasy football podcast. I give advice to people in general. So I guess you get a free freebie there. What are you doing starting field? Uh against Cleveland? Are you crazy? Oh my God. Uh Devontae Adams, Robert Woods, Najee Harris. Najee Harris I think is still a solid pick. Uh but yeah, you need he needs some some wide receiver help. Robert Wood, Keenan Allen has kind of taken most of those looks there so far. Again, two weeks in, no one needs to freak out. But for fantasy purposes, starting off one three, not great, not great. One of you guys needs to turn it around here soon. This is kind of a toss up. I'm gonna go with my ooh man, both of you guys, good friends. Oh my god, don't make me pick. I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick, and I'm gonna go with Jay. I'm gonna go with Jay. Sorry, Spencer, you're gonna start off one three, and then finally. America's game of the week. The commissioner, 2-0, most points in the league. Stefan, also 2-0, second most points in the league. Doing pretty well. Uh, I'm currently a 13-point favorite. Again, Yahoo with the with the overcorrection or with the, the uh, overvaluing and undervaluing players. Uh, I think Josh Allen returns to form. Tyreek Hill has been killing it for me. Cooper Cup has been absolutely killing it for me. Nick Chubb is going to have a great day against the Bears. DeAndre Swift, uh, I think that 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 offense, that Detroit team, bounces back a little bit from that rough second half against the Packers. Uh, Kyle Pitts maybe is okay. Kyle, uh, Cortland Sutton put up a couple of, has put up a, a couple of good weeks here. Um, he had something like twenty points last week. He kind of crushed it. Um, I'm going to take this win. I'm going to take this win. Sorry, Stefan. Of course I'm going to pick myself, man. I'm a 13-point favorite here against Jalen Hurts, Terry McLaurin, Debo Samuel, Derrick Henry, uh, Dylan on, on Green Bay. Like, another split backfield type situation, but, like, what? It's it's Aaron Jones show now, especially after last week. Um, so I'm I'm rolling with myself. I'm rolling. And if he, hey, if Stefan pulls it off, good on you. Good on you. But otherwise... It's the Danny Show, baby. It's the Commissioner Show, baby. Number one, number one, number one. Anyways, thank you for listening to This Is Not A Fantasy Football Podcast. I'll catch you next week for sure. Who wants to join? Hit me up. Let's do it. Okay, bye.